0: Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore and I'm Emma Samasco.
1: Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute
0: episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: This season a Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Ava Gutierrez, a freelance writer who's helped other freelancers quit their jobs and reach their $10,000 per month writing goals. This all happens inside of the client acquisition system, and Ava has a special gift
0: for our listeners. Grab her training on how to make your first $10,000 from freelance writing at freelancewriterframework.com.
1: Learn how to make your first $10,000 as a freelance writer all while making sure you're working with ideal clients on projects that you actually love. Go to freelancewriterframework.com to get access. So I know that a lot of freelancers deal with this. I know that a lot of people who are not working in a freelance capacity deal with this, but it's this topic of imposter syndrome and feeling like everyone knows more than you. Everyone is doing better than you. You suck. You are not the expert. You should be. Basically, just this negative spiral of like, I am not at the tier I want to be at, nor that I, sh- I feel I should be at. And so you and I have both worked with a lot of students in a coaching capacity. And I know that this is like the number one thing that brings people into that type of relationship in the first place. So I I want to ask you, and I like how we always kick this off with the question, but I want to pose the question to you. Number, It's a two-parter. So number one, do you personally deal with imposter syndrome at this stage in your career where you're at? And number two, if not, how did you deal with it in the past? And how did you get Get out, get over it. Essentially,
0: yeah. So I think that imposter syndrome is something that uh, I mean I have dealt with over the course of my life. No matter how many wins <laughs> or successes that I had under my, I- I've had under my belt. So like for me, yes, I definitely still struggle with this. Like I feel like I often compare myself to other people. I worry that. My business is like not like super legit or something. Like I'm like I I I think like I have a lot of fears and worries that I don't have a lot of value to bring to the table. I mean, this I'm I'm making it sound like an Emma sob fest, but I don't mean it that way. I'm just really saying like yes, I definitely struggle with it, and I think that it's not something that I have an easy answer for as to sort of how to get over. I don't think it's it's something you can sort of just get over, but I think. Consistently showing up and continuing to deliver on what you do is a good reminder that, you know, you're not an imposter. And there's evidence everywhere that you're not an imposter. Like, I know there are people who keep a folder on their computer called, like, good vibes or something. And they are, it's just a folder full of screenshots of like positive reviews or positive emails or just positive things they've gotten from clients. So if they're feeling down, they open it up and look at that. And I've heard about people printing those things up and putting it around their computer. So they have those kind of positive affirmations and reminders in front of them. So those are like, I like some, that. I yeah, like I should do that. Like I should uh, print out some of my <laughs> recommendations on LinkedIn and put them around my computer, but I have not done it. And I definitely still struggle with imposter syndrome. And I definitely struggle with it the most on social media when I see what other people are doing. And I'm like, I should be doing that, or I should be posting more, or that person is must be way better. And in my head, I know that's not necessarily true, but like it, it's definitely something that happens to me and I work on. What What about you? How do you think about it?
1: I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of just human nature to feel that way. So I definitely deal with it. But I will say that I think I've gotten a lot better over the past, especially one to two years. And I think a lot of that confidence boost has come from, like you said, like consistent positive feedback, like always having a really full workload, getting a lot of referrals, getting to work with people that I'm admired or like still admire, I feel like that's a good validator. It's like, Oh wow. I like really look up to this person and they want to hire me. That means we must have like some shared level of like, you know, report or something. So that feels good. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, but it's, I think for me, like the biggest thing that I have struggled with when it comes to imposter syndrome is I definitely do the thing, like you said, where I look at social media and I see other freelance writers who have like, really great graphics. And like, they're always posting really valuable stuff on on Twitter or on LinkedIn. And I feel like, oh, I should be doing that more or oh, you're like falling behind because you're not.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting because you're quite good at posting stuff on Twitter about like freelance writing and stuff. And I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be more like Kaylee because it's hard for me to do it. Like it's hard for me to like even just like think about things that I want to say or figure out who I want to be. Like I feel like so much of imposter syndrome for me is about like, well, I don't even know who I want to be be in this space, like on social media anyway, not so much when I'm working with clients. But I think there's another imposter syndrome that happens, which is like you get a project and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm like the person to do this project. And I think that that is something that gets better with time as you have more and more experience, you have more and more confidence with yourself to Either know that, oh, I've done this before, I've got this, or I haven't done this before, but I figured out similar things and like I'm going to be fine. Like I feel like I feel like less of an imposter than ever with my client work. Like I'm like, I got this. I deserve to be in this room. I know that I know what I'm doing here, especially as time has gone by and I've really narrowed down on what my specialties are. But I feel like I feel it more when I'm like in the company of other people that are doing similar things to what I do. And they're all like, I don't know, it feels like a bit more competitive kind of. And I'm not a very competitive person. It kind of shuts me down when I see that competition. I feel like that's why sometimes I struggle to participate in some of these conversations on social media because I just feel like, I don't know, it, it can feel a bit competitive.
1: Yeah, definitely. I it's funny because you were talking about, oh, I should be more like Kaylee on social media. I look to somebody like Kat Bogard and I'm like, oh man, like she has really good stuff. I should be more like that. Oh and yeah. So
0: her stuff is really good. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: always that other person that's like doing it better, like that you feel like you should live up to. So that's that's a shared thing. But Yes. I love what you said about like feeling more confident. It seems like with your processes and workflow really established, that brings a lot of confidence into a, into a project. And I totally agree with that. It wasn't until I started doing that and this was probably like five or six years ago at this point. But like once I had a formula in place and a really solid workflow, I, that feeling of like, Holy shit, there's so much for me to research and learn and figure out how to do on this project that kind of faded away because before I was going into these projects, like completely overwhelmed, completely feeling like I was in over my head. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was really just a matter of like, you know, like you figure out what your system is. You figure out what the steps are and then you just chip away at it and it starts to make more sense. It starts to be less scary.
0: Yeah. And I think along the way for me, I've definitely had help from other people in refining those processes and getting ideas for, you know, how to onboard a client or how to deliver well for my clients or how to even, know, format, a blog post so that it's easy for someone to read and digest or all those things. Like I have hired a couple of coaches. You and I have had countless conversations about these sorts of things. And I think that's helped me along as well. And I mean, the other thing I think with imposter syndrome to remember, this is kind of separate from what we've been talking about, but there's some quote that's like, if you're in the room, you deserve to be in the room. Like, you know, you get into a room of really smart people and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. But like, if you're in the room, you belong to be in the room. Something like that. Do you know that quote? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sure. So that's something that I think about too, where like, if the client has come to you and they want something from you, like, that's because they believe that you can do it, right? Like, or if someone recommends you that's because they believe that you can do it right it's not just like some fluke random thing that that happens
1: yeah i think that you know i'm not a huge fan of the saying fake it till you make it but i do feel like kind of projecting or playing a character especially when you're having conversations with clients is a great way to put yourself in that role of a confident person even if you don't truly feel that way on the inside if you can project that and like i said play that character play that role and communicate in a confident way, I feel like that's a good way to at least, you know, outwardly project that you are not just dying inside from imposter syndrome. So, a yeah. while ago, I listened to a podcast recording that I had done and I heard all this like detractor language that I was using, where I was basically like backpedaling on the things that I was saying, just these little words and phrases and just not using really solid, concrete language. I, and I listened to that and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm. Totally sounding like I have imposter syndrome just by speaking this way. So I think in speaking and writing, those are things to be really mindful of too.
0: Can you give an example of that, Kaylee, of like yeah. you hearing yourself and being like, oh my gosh, I don't sound very confident?
1: So I would say things like, well, I sort of think that, or I kind of believe, or mm, if, rather than a more declarative statement, which would be like, I think X because Y, you know, no detractors in there, just like, this is what I think this is why, period. And I feel like especially women have a problem with that. Just in our communication style, we use a lot of those types of wording and phrases to make ourselves a little bit smaller, more like appeasing, more assimilated, or like, you know, that's just kind of something that's sometimes in our nature. And so I've tried really hard to be mindful of that. And again, listening to the podcast or reading through a transcript of when I've been on a recorded session, that has been a really helpful exercise at catching those things and trying to be better about it moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I think there is, I mean, I like this idea of fake it till you make it. I mean, you said you didn't like that phrase, but I actually do because I think it's what that phrase is really saying is like you act the part until you have the part really, right? So it's like act like you are an established freelancer with really great processes even if you don't have them yet, right? Like you don't, you want every client to think that you have them. Um, and you can learn on the fly. Like so much of it is about learning on, on the fly. I think, um, especially like when you're just starting out and you're taking on new projects or even today, like I occasionally have a project come across my desk that isn't something I've done before, but I'm interested and I want to take it on for some reason. And it's like, it's not necessarily faking it in the sense that it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I may be sort of putting forth confidence. Like it's about like sharing that confidence, right? It, because – and feeling confident that you can do it. And I do think as more time goes on, you get more and more confident. I do want to like talk a little bit more about like the comparison thing. I know we talked about it a little bit. But I feel like I definitely go to a place where, where I feel like everybody's better than me in the space. And again, that's like where the imposter stuff comes up. Do you find that there are certain situations where you feel like imposter syndrome is like triggered for you? Like for me, it's like definitely on social media when I see what other people are posting because I compare myself to them. But like, I think for some people it might be like attending an event or speaking or like seeing something. Like, are there certain scenarios for you where it gets triggered?
1: Yes. So for me, it's when I see like an opportunity that I would have liked to have that somebody didn't think of me for. So maybe I'm in a sphere with a group of people and they're looking for speakers or experts to talk about a certain topic. And then I'm like, oh man, I hope they reach out to me. And then I see the roster and they like totally skipped me over. So that's a big trigger Mm -hmm. for me. Another one is I feel like anytime I see somebody launching a course or really having their shit together when it comes to kind of the next phase of their freelance business where they're getting into more teaching, consulting, things like that. I always feel like I'm falling behind because I have those resources. I just haven't launched them yet because of a million different reasons. But then I always feel like you suck. Like you suck. You should be doing that. Why aren't you doing that? You need to make it more of a priority. Yeah, what, I what about you?
0: Well, I I have some of those same things where like when I see people like launching products or courses, I get like jealous because everything looks so put together and I'm like, "Why don't you have your act together?" Like they're they're you know, putting themselves out there in a way that you're not. And then I try and like, in those situations, I try and kind of back up and look at my, like my life and my business from a big picture perspective and ask like, well, Emma, like, why do you care about that? Do you care about that? Because that's something you actually want to do and you're like disappointed that you haven't done it? Or is it because you like just wish you looked like that on social media. And like you wish you, you know, like what I I try and get at, like, what is it about for me? Because like, I think that when you look at others, and this is why I'm interested in the comparison thing when it comes to imposter syndrome, it really makes you second guess the path that you are on. And everybody has a different path. Like I You know, like if if I never launch a course, that doesn't make me any better or worse as a person or as a service provider or as a freelance writer. Like it doesn't really say anything about me, right? But I think when you when you're out there in the space and you see what everybody is doing you really feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's launching a course. I should be launching a course. But then, you know, when you talk to people that are doing it, often like it's real smoke and mirrors in the sense Mm -hmm. that like they are launching a course. it, It looks, it has a really high price point. It looks amazing. And then you talk to them and you find out like, oh, actually it was a flop or it's not always a flop. Like I'm not trying to say like, you know, people aren't successful, but you know sometimes those spaces are crowded and people can't sell as much they want as they want to sell or they made mistakes with their plan or whatever you know once you actually like know what's going on with someone the story is always different i mean i find the same thing in my personal life with being on social media and it's one of the reasons i'm like off of instagram right now because i felt like i kept seeing like people's wonderful lives and not getting the rest of the story of like the things they were struggling with at work or with their kids or whatever. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to see the highlight reel anymore. It's like, it's too fake for me kind of. And so Mm -hmm. I try and keep that in mind also as I'm seeing all of these things that people are putting forth.
1: Yeah. I think social media is definitely the highlight reel. It's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, like you said. And it's so easy to just see the surface level and be like, oh my gosh, they're killing it. Or they're like doing so much better than me. And you don't know the full story there. So so it's easy to fall into that trap and you get to the other side and you're like, oh, that's not what I thought. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or like I even think I often used to see blog posts that were like uh, someone saying like, I made $250,000 in revenue as a freelance writer this year. And at first you're like, oh my gosh, wow, like 250K as a freelance writer. Like, wow, that's incredible. And then you like look into it a little bit and you're like, oh, that's revenue, not Right. (laughs) That's not not what you took home. Profits. And then you find out that they had an assistant that they were paying $75,000 a year or like whatever. I mean, again, it's not that somebody can't make that kind of money from doing it. It's just that things are not always what they seem. Right. And then I think it's also fine to say like, okay, some people are, some people's priorities is different. Like I often think like I don't know, so one thing for me is that I see people that are that like appear to be doing much, much better than me, and I guess when I say better, I mean they are more well known and they seem to be making more money and they they seem more established and again, like I go back to asking myself like well, what is going on for them that is different for you, and like even sometimes it's as simple as like they are the sole breadwinner for their family, <laughs> um which like puts extra pressure on you know. You know, working your tail off, whereas i my I, my my situation is more equal footing in my household, so like I'm kind of like, uh, eh, I'm gonna go to the gym instead of like take on this extra client, <laughs> so like right, like it's all about trying to to figure out like the own juggle for your own personal life right
1: and i I think a lot of it too, I think there are like actionable things you can do to start working on cutting away at this feeling of imposter syndrome. number one is like always keep learning. Right. Like always keep honing your skills. Never feel like you've maxed out and you've learned all there is to learn. I think as long as you keep an open mind and you're always working on making steps toward being better, that's a great way to to eventually over time have those tiny wins kind of add up and then you you realize like, Oh wow, I actually know a lot about this. I, I have a good yeah, amount of. I know what like, I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. And then the other thing too is let your body of work and the results that you produce for clients speak for you, not your stupid monkey brain that says you suck, you're not good enough, you're not doing good enough, you're not making enough money. If you have happy clients who are saying nice things about you and they're telling you your work helped us do X, Y, and Z, use that to to let those results to speak for you rather than feeling like you are out on a platform standing naked in front of an audience and like trying to sell yourself and get people to like you. Just don't even think about that. Instead, focus on what you have actually done.
0: That's funny because I have a friend of mine who she is self-employed but in a very different space than us and every once in a while I will feel like totally in over my head and like I don't know what I'm doing at work and I'll send her a text and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I think I must still be – I must be terrible at this. And she, she will ask me one question which is like, well, do your clients keep coming back? And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they come back like after – yes. So then she's kind of like, okay, well, like, you don't have anything to worry about. Like, for, you know, like, it's just a very simple way of saying, like, okay, well, do your clients keep coming back? Yes, they do. And then I would say to someone who, or if the answer to that question is no, then you could say, well, why? Right? And you can get curious about that. And that's part right. of the always learning part, actually. It's like, well, why aren't they coming back? Is it because you didn't deliver on time like you said you did? Is it because they just aren't like are the right fit as a client? Is it, you know, what actually is going on there? Yeah. To ask those your- questions.
1: Yeah. Do the client too, like yes. pose the questions, be like, can you share some insight for me? This is helpful to me as I like continue in this business and, and try to become a better writer and freelancer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the other thing too, for me is that, with improving this confidence and getting rid of the imposter syndrome, a lot of it is a mindset shift. And I don't know if you've ever worked with a coach or anything. That's We talked about this before. I'm not really a coach person, but I have a mom who works in a pretty high stress role with all male coworkers, all in the C-suite. And so I've watched her and, and seen her and how she navigates things over the years. And so I was just talking to her the other day and I said, you know, I think in watching you, I've learned that it's really just important to navigate the world with the confidence of a white man. Because that's what she does. And so that's what I've been reminding myself to do in the back of my head when I have those moments where I feel insecure or like impostery."
0: Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Like,
1: <laughs> I've I've heard that before too. like, just you know,
0: approach it as if you were a white man with no experience, which right. you was know, sort of a funny joke. But the point of that is that you should be acting like you deserve to be here, that you have a seat at the table, that you are, you know, y- you are there to take up space, and that it's okay to take up space, and that you should be taking up space.
1: Yep, hundred percent. And again, like, it's just reminding yourself of that over and over and over again and and working at it and chipping away at those little things that help make you feel like you have a stronger grasp on what you're doing and and your processes and your business and and with time those really do add up
0: yep I agree
1: thanks so much for listening to this episode of the freelance writing coach podcast If you
0: want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.